Excuse me. Ugh. Um, it's what I get for drinking beer and doing a podcast in my basement. I, I don't mind the text, but then it's like, oh, hey, did you have the banana bread recipe? So how many guys or gals do you think are going to come up to you and go, how do you fold this thing into a circle? Hey. Photography and beer. Yeah. That that I that should be the new name of the podcast, photography and beer. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that would be and that's what I need right now is more beer. Uh oh. No. The the you know the hiring process the is usual. fun. The week has been fun. Uh how is that what's going on today? Oh no yeah, I can um pause the tape recorder and tell you what I'm going to do. Okay, now we need to do the... I don't, you know, I don't even know if we need... I guess we should do it. Uh, testing one, two, three on my mic. Testing one, two, three on my mic. And I'm in the basement and Todd's in his car. We're doing a I'm podcast because we can't be in the same place at the same time, folks. So we have gone... We have gone, it is 11 o'clock at night, and I'm in my cold basement without flannel pants on, and Todd's in his car after drinking beer. So, no, he wasn't. That sounds bad. <laughs> Thanks for ratting me out. <laughs> Cut that part out of the podcast. <laughs> Dear Officer Friendly. Anyway, back to beer and photography. Um, so I'm down in the basement studio. You're, uh, where are you? Uh, I just got that playing Rolly Bully. You did, you, you, oh my God. Rough. Every Thursday, baby. Every Thursday, do you play? In, you play in Molina. You go to P Town. No, we go uh, ex servicemen's club, ex servicemen's camp down on uh, River Drive. Oh, oh, wait a minute. North Shore. You've probably you've driven past it a million times. You know where Les Browns or Lund Browns or whatever is. Yeah. It's like twenty lots past that to the east. Oh. Is there beer involved? There's a lot of beer involved. For, for people listening to this, this short little podcast, what is Rolly Bully, Todd? Rolly Bully. Uh, it's a Belgian game that uh, you stand on either side of uh, probably 40 foot. Uh, there's stakes in the ground. And you take this um, slab-shaped bully, Rolly Bully. Um, it's cambered on one side so it rolls in an arch and you try to get closest to the peg um the harder you roll the bully the more straight it goes so there's uh, a lot of strategy involved and under and over it's kind of like if you think about curling and take those stones and put them horizontal it's a little like that and of course no ice but the biggest the most important part is you play it with a beer in your hand so ah uh. Yeah. Is it retirement grand? You're just, you're just uh, you never played. Well, did you play Rolly Bully when you were working? No. This was uh, the ex servicemen's club because there, it was started by a bunch of World War II veterans after the war, and all those guys are dying off. And then, you know, the Vietnam guys took over, or I guess then the Korea guys took over, and then Vietnam and uh, 
now there's there's some Iraq guys, and now they've opened it up to legacies because my father was a founding member. My member, I was, uh, I'm part of the the group, so I was taken in as a legacy. Me and my brother. We need we so need the every, dues. It's like it's like in it's in like uh, Animal House. We need the dues. <laughs> there you go. Pretty much. Not gonna lie. Pretty much <laughs> they need the dues. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we play three games, and uh, everybody throws a buck in. And if you lose, you got to buy uh, the winning team. Your 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 uh, your corresponding player on the winning team of beer. So, you know, about 10 bucks a night. It's a pretty, pretty convenient little. That's not a bad, that's not a bad, that's not a bad gig. It isn't. I wish I was better at it, but you know. Well, you you have, you have plenty of time. You are, you are a legacy. So you have to. There you go. We should get you a t-shirt that says legacy. There you go. Um. Yeah, my dad didn't do anything cool that that I could be a legacy in. I don't think. I mean, like well, the shoe designers of America, legacy. <laughs> my, uh, I just remember my dad coming home lit on Thursday nights, and he would be in a great mood. Like Thursday was the night to like ask him stuff. Like if you could spend the night, or you'd have kids spend the night at your house or something. That was the night to ask him. Catch him about ten thirty. Hey, Bob's. Hey, Pops, I need some money. Sure, we won tonight. Here's my wallet. The answer would be yes. Yeah. Awesome. So. So. uh, Interesting. uh, Back. So photography, you sent me a text message the other day, and this is kind of a hodgepodge deal here. Um, Okay. We're, uh, and I own the newer 5-in-1 portable multi uh, reflector diffuser background-y thing. Right. And uh, you have just pur- purchased the Fovic? I did not. You did I not. Yeah. Because I because I, I have my text messages up on the computer in front uh, yeah. of me. So that video keeps replaying over and over <laughs> and over again without sound. This guy keeps trying to sell me on this thing over and over and over again. I can delete yeah. him now. Um, I ended up getting on uh, B&H's site, and I was looking at some reviews, and um, they were kind of meh, you know, not terrible, but uh, there were some complaints. And uh, so I ended up going with Elastolite. Uh, it's a 5 by 7 It's a very similar product, but the materials are different. The cover materials are different. Um, so it's essentially the same product. It's 5 foot by 7 foot. Um collapsible to about i think they said it was like 30 inches a circle i haven't received it yet um and this is all i got a gig shooting headshots for uh uh a local architectural firm and um i sold them on the idea that i do it in in in-house and at their place and that way when people get a haircut or you know their hair color changes or they get new eyeglasses you know, it's they can they can come and get a, a fresh headshot. Um, so I needed something that I could take into a, a conference room and whip out of my bag and bingo bango and have a consistent, you know, white background because that's been my because I I have been doing uh, some of these corporate headshot gigs and um, 
and everybody's like white's never white. Does that make any sense? Like, yes, no. Like, uh, it does make shell sense. Or cream or and then uh, like the lighting. So I show up on an overcast day, and all of a sudden it looks a little gray. And I mean, it was really hard to. I mean, I could fix it in Photoshop, but I don't know. I, I was I wasn't very happy with some of the results I was getting. So I thought, and it's you know I got to roll a seamless paper and stands but what a pain in the butt lugging that stuff around for headshots you know no it's terrible yeah yeah and uh, so it's you know i'm gonna cross my fingers it'll uh it'll be a good uh a good purchase for me so how many guys or gals do you think are going to come up to you and go how do you fold this thing into a circle? <laughs> well, you know, that's like one of my most nervous things because I can remember uh, I got a reflector when it's, I don't know, it's like 48 inches. It's huge. And I can remember I was, ha- I was, you know, I was chatting this couple up and it took some photos and got what time it was time to fold the reflector up <laughs> and like brain fart could not, could not figure out how to fold the stupid thing back up. And, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, so I'm supposed to be a professional, right? And I, I cannot fold this thing up. And I'm, I'm wrestling with it. Wrestling. Finally, I just shoved it in the van. <laughs> so now I'm driving around with this massive, it's essentially a sail. The windows are down and flapping in the back of the, oh, it's a nightmare. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my funny. big, uh, yeah. My, little, my big story for little that. little flop sweat there you're like yeah you know yeah. what i don't have time to do this okay it's nice fucking you know i'll have your proofs uh have your proofs next week uh see you later gotta go bye the like uh having a live manta ray in the back of your car i had a live manta ray. i had uh, i ran into one of our old co-workers the other day who used to work in circulation who didn't unfortunately mike who didn't survive the purchase um and uh I forgot what he told me what he's up to these days, but um, he, he, I was having lunch with the new intern and uh, he stopped by the table and we were chatting and I have no idea how we got on the subject of his favorite photo of mine, but it's the picture of the secret service agent out in front of um, Ross's. in front of Ross's. And then he starts telling Dylan about, um, the the big version of it that's in Ross's that's like six feet wide or however big it is is freaking humongous, yeah. And um, I I said you know the only way we could do that was that we had to like take the seats out of Todd's van to get that I print that. to yeah. get the print to the restaurant. We had to pick it up from Gerard Graphics. But that's that. Yeah, that was one of those. That was as nerve wracking as any kind of thing that you do in photography. Delivering a gigantic print um, oh, yeah. that you you really don't want to have the wind catch and become a sail. Oh, yeah. That's what made me think of it. Was like you like fighting the wind and like sticking with the wind. Don't want it to fold in half. Don't want it to fold in half. Come on, we just got to get it in the building and you know then have them give us a check. But yes, that no, was that was yeah. So I, I completely screwed something up the other day. So uh, the I, I've been having a good run of pay setters lately. I've been being trying yeah. to trying to come up with decent ideas, and you know sometimes you have decent ideas, and you know you know, I think one of the the smartest things that you've ever said on the podcast is the whole like improv 
of pace setters. You know, you show up, sometimes you have an idea in your head and you instantly figure out that, you know, it's not going to work. You know, you got your light kit there. You've got a kid. Sometimes the kid's got a lot of personality. Sometimes the kid's kind of dull so that you like you have a, you know, it's all about improv. You know, you're trying to make it up as you go. It's like a comedy bit. And um, I was really, really, really busy on Wednesday in the morning being the only day shooter while we wait to hire a full timer and intern wasn't there yet. And um, so I'm racing around doing a bunch of stuff. I think there was some breaking news I had to go get. So now it comes to be like 11 o'clock and I've got to get to the high school. So I had kind of toyed with the idea the night before of I, I thought he was a long jumper. Okay, so I was under the impression he was a long jumper. It wasn't until, and I think my assignment sheet might have said he was a long jumper, and he actually might be a long jumper. The only problem is that he didn't qualify for state in long jumping. (laughs) He qualified for state in high jump. Uh Okay, so I didn't know that, or at least I didn't think about it. And luckily I caught it before I tweeted the picture out. But so all I could think of was long jump, like you measure how far you jump. So I, I, I'll I'll bring out like a measuring tape and like shoot him like holding the measuring tape, looking kind of like serious or I don't know, wrap them in a measuring tape and, you know. Uh, I, and I'm like, I just got to be something with the measuring tape because the only prop those guys have, I mean, you know, United Township High School, lovely high school, but they don't have their track. Their beautiful track is two miles away from the high school. So there's no accoutrement for the high jumper to pose with. It's kid in uniform. That's that's all I got. And, you know, they, they I mean, I, he doesn't play baseball. They got a baseball field. They, he doesn't play tennis. There's a tennis court. He doesn't play softball. So. It was the same thing I had with the soccer player with the six soccer balls that I suspended on her shoulders with the, um, God, I don't even remember how I did that now, whatever pole I had behind her that I taped the balls to, but, um, there's not much you can do. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll bring a tape measure from home, but that's it. I had breaking news. So I had to leave the house in a hurry to get to the breaking news in the morning. So I leave the house without a measuring tape. I'm driving to the school and I realize I don't have a measuring tape with me. So I'm like, oh, there's a Walgreens across the street, right? So I pull into Walgreens. Luckily, Walgreens sells this like generic cheap $8 locking tape measure. But it's it's metal. So it doesn't really fold really well. So I'm thinking, oh my God, it doesn't, it's not gonna fold or wrap around them real well. Oh, wait a minute. I can set it on fire. So I'm like, I've got rubber cement still in the car from the tennis one that I did a couple of weeks ago. I've still got the lighter. I'm like, I'm just going to set the tape measure on fire. You know, he can hold it. It'd be right, right where he's thinking it was his furthest jump, like lengthwise. I'm still thinking he's a long jumper. Well, he is a long jumper, but he's qualified for state and high jump and pole vault. I mean, I could have sold, he didn't have his pole with him either. I could have set that on fire. So anyway, um, I'm just setting stuff on fire left and right. I, I carry a fire extinguisher in the car with me now. 
Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Lowe's Lowe's had like a small fire extinguisher for like ten bucks, so I expensed it. What the hell? So well, you set one kid on fire, you know? Yeah. Be a problem. Yeah. You know, you don't want to say, "I'm sorry, Mister and Mrs. Smith, I set your child on fire," but I had a fire extinguisher, so. Um, but look at this photo. Yeah. Oh, we'll take two. Um, no, we'll just send it to you for free. Just don't sue us. Um, so. Uh, and he really liked the idea. So I, you know, I, I go to the school, I go to the front door. And of course, as you know, as many high schools there, you know, the front door of the school, you meet the kid, but I don't want to carry my entire light kit through the school to only have to carry it all the way back through the school. So I say, Hey, I'll meet you in the back of the school. I'm going to pull around. So I pull around, I, uh, park, find him. Get, and so I'm getting out stuff. And of course, I just bought the Glow Silver Portable Collapsible um, Beauty Dish. And I'm like, I got to use this. Now, I've only used it in like one test, but no, I'm going to use it in the field because I just bought it. I got to use it, right? So I get out my boom. So now I'm by I'm outside the shop department at United Township High School. So I got these kids like making tables and lamps and and you know, like all you know God knows what else these kids are doing. They come out and look at me like what is this idiot doing? So I'm like I got my boom and I got it weighted and there's no wind. But it's in you know that brick that yellowy brick that United Township and a lot of other schools and buildings yeah. are made of and the my shadow window is three feet from the wall. So to control the light for the fire to show up, I have three, I, he's three feet from the wall, a, a loud brick wall. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, I can do this. So I, I tested some, I had it, I had the boom above his head, but I wasn't getting any catch lights in his eyes with the beauty dish. And I'm like, oh, I need the catch light. So of course I discombobulate the, the, the boom, run to my car, get a light stand, put the light on the thing, get it all set up. I'm all ready to go. I'm sure that by this time the kid has fallen asleep. Um, luckily he didn't like have a math test he needed to go take. And um, he said, Oh, I know what he said. He said, whatever class he was in, they were just watching a movie. So we had plenty of time. I'm like, I remember high school. We're watching yeah. a movie. How awesome is that? So three, love the end of the year. That's right. So three feet, to control the light, which is still, I'm like, I got to go my depth of field. I keep lowering my depth of field. So I'm at, with high-speed sync, I'm at 16th hundredth of a second, 1600 of a second at 2.8. I do not have a lot of depth of field to be wrong here, okay? So I, uh, I, I get them all framed up. Stop, you know, don't move your hands. Stay right here. The light's breaking over the top of the school, so you can't move your hands out very far. Your face has to be back so that when I light this, we don't light you on fire. So I swather a bunch of uh, rubber cement on it. I light it. I drop the flame. I back up to take the picture, and the flame is like six inches high. I'm like, this is awesome. Sna you know, get the picture, lights recycle, get another one. And as soon as I get the other one, the flame is starting to go down. I'm like, oh man, now we, we got, we're burning now. This stuff is burning great. So I could never get the flame to go more than four inches or three inches after that. And I think what happened was I, I burnt off the, like the, 
the paint, like the toxic, uh, cheap Walgreens, whatever paint they, they're painting. <laughs> I mean, whatever that stuff was, it went up like a Roman candle. I mean, yeah, I probably didn't even need the rubber cement. This thing just went. <laughs> so I try it like three or four more times. And uh, I feel like the kid wants to go watch a movie. So I I, decide I better like I'm checking them. You know, I'm checking them. You know, I'm like zooming in. I'm like, I, I think we got it. I got it. He's like, oh, can I see? I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, here, this one, the flame's really high. I think that's the best one. He's like, oh, I really like that. I'm like, OK, cool. So I start to pack up and he volunteered. I have to give him credit. Not every kid does this. He volunteered to help me carry heavy stuff back to the car. So he carried a couple of light thingies back to the car and was very helpful. And he went back to class. So I pack up the car and uh, I'm sitting in the car uh, checking (laughs) the one with the flame is focused on the back of his neck. Oh no. Yes. And I can see that his focus on the back of his neck because that's where the tape came around his neck. So the focus went past his eye, past his, just past his ear and right to the back of his neck on the camera. If you don't zoom in like four pumps on the, on the, on the plus thing, you can't tell that it's out of focus. It looks sharp when you're looking at it. I, I'm like, I nailed this. I, I'm good to go. This is great. And I'm like, oh, thank God I kept shooting. And I'm like, please tell me one of these is in focus. So one of them was in focus with a reasonably high flame. So that's the one we ended up going with. And it, and if you didn't see the other one, you'd never know that I completely screwed this up. But it's like, focus is important. First rule of photography, focus is good. Man, so, ain't that the truth? And then to make matters worse, I was sitting in my car being mad in the school parking lot. And I finally like, oh, I better go back to the office. And I back up and I go, I look over my shoulder to see, did I leave anything that I don't want to lose? Right. And I'm like, there's nothing there. I'm like, nope, nothing there. I'm ready to go. Well, I got all the way back to the office and realized that I didn't have my press credential. I didn't have my sunglasses. I didn't have the notebook that had all my names from my two previous assignments in them. And I didn't have the fire extinguisher. I had spent, I had gotten in the car to check my pictures in the shade of the car and didn't look back. Well, the shop class switched out. So the shop kids came out, saw the stuff sitting there. They don't know what car I drive. They didn't know that I was 15 feet away. They picked the stuff up, brought it into the teacher. The teacher sent it to the to the to some administrative office. So I, ru- I get to the office. I curse a lot, turn around, drive back. It's not there. And I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I have an assignment full of notes. notes. I, I have everybody's yeah. name I photographed at my earlier assignment. I'm screwed if I don't find my notebook and I don't usually wear my press credential to shoot a portrait. Cause I'm up and down and dang it's dangling and it bugs me. So I usually leave it in the car, but um, I took it off and set it next to my bag and I'm like, well, I'll, co- I'll just pick up all the heavy stuff and come back for the small stuff. And of course there was cursing involved as you can imagine. And oh, yeah. uh, 
the teacher's like, yeah, I saw the kids messing with it. I thought we'd better get it someplace safe. I'm like, they're reading my name. It's like, how do you photograph Joe Marino today? Hmm. Yeah, I did that with a set of pocket wizards, so don't feel too bad. Did you get them back, though? No, they are gone. Oh, really? So yeah, so I've still been out of shape out of it. We, uh, You know that big um, two-story structure down by Sunset Marina? It's like a deck that overlooks or an observation tower or something. We had a bridal party who wanted to shoot on that. And, oh, I know um, what you're talking about. Were you shot the dance picture? With that award-winning yeah. photo of the old couple yeah. dancing at the sunset? Yep. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I took uh, pocket wizards off of a camera. I, th- I think they might have been in my pocket and they were bugging me. And I set them on the rail. And uh, there was, it was also, it was like prom night or homecoming or something like that. So there was mom photographers and, uh, and like 50 kids wandering around waiting for the observation deck to clear. And we threw a bunch of stuff into the car. It was a, it was a crazy. That was um that was the same day. So on my van, I you know that I had that electronic door that would open and close with the touch of a button. Fancy uh, space Toronto. age George Jetson shit. Space, yeah, it was uh sweet. Um, but the there's a cable that pulls it and you know that it operates on. And uh, my assistant was like, "Hey, I think there's something wrong with the van door. It sounds like it's like crunching." And I'm like, what? And we, yeah. And we've got the acorn, we've got oak trees in our house. And so the van was always like covered in oak or uh, acorns. And I'm like, ah, it's probably just an acorn. I'm like, just give it a good, good slam. You oh, know? No. Nah, it, was a, it was that cable. So we we're handling that and we we're trying to get the van door just to get it to close. And of course I walked off with, uh, yeah, with two pocket wizards sitting on the, sitting on the edge, which I'm sure I, I helped some uh, would-be amateur photographer if they knew what the heck they were. Um, yeah, they got picked up and, and never seen from again. So that was, you know, $150 mistake. But whatever. There's some kid running around. Go ahead. I said I'm not bitter. Yeah, there, there's some kid running around Moline who thinks they're walkie-talkies and, and can't figure <laughs> out why no one will, will, will talk you know, to him. Yeah, you can get like some high quality walkie talkies for like twenty bucks. So I'll, uh, if he hears this, I'll trade him. So <laughs> we, you, ins- um, you know what? You inspired this podcast, and the finding of Pocket Wizards inspired the kid will win the Pulitzer Prize, and then at the uh, ceremony, he will give you back your your uh, Pocket Wizards. Of course, that will be twenty years from now, and um, right, and I'll say Pocket Wizards. What are we, cavemen? I I can trigger lights with my mind. <laughs> Photography. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So. The um. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I lost something recently. Um. Other than the thing on the assignment that. My wife had to talk me in off the ledge. She's like, "No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll oh, find man. him eventually." I'm like. No, I must find, must find. And, you know, then she just lets me go. Then, it, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, oh, just yeah. like she just cuts, the, she cuts the safety cable and just lets me float off into space. Let, when let I try to go, run. that's yeah. right. Let the crazy run. I'm going to go walk the dog while you search boxes in the basement. 
for for a twenty five dollar piece of equipment that you didn't know you had. Yeah. Hey, so I've, I've I've got a question for you. I've been meaning to ask. Okay. Um, the not to bring up a bad or a sad tale, but uh, you had shot a, a grieving father. He was an African immigrant to this country, and his son drowned at Sunset Marina. Yep. And uh, in the Mississippi River on a stupid hot day. Yeah, it was like the Fourth of July weekend or the or the Memorial Day weekend or something. Yeah, one of those kinds of weekends. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't the picture wasn't at the scene. It was uh, Brandy Donaldson, who was a reporter for us at the time, did a marvelous job of talking to the family through an interpreter uh, at the apartment complex that they lived at in Rock Island, and. yeah, so I just kind of stepped back and shot with his 70 to 200, and I framed him super tight to his face. That picture ended up winning Best in Show for AP Illinois. You know, it, you, I came home with a glass award for, yeah. for that picture. It was, it was. I mean, it's still, it's, it's probably one of my favorite photos of yours. Like, probably, I don't know, it's at least top three, if not number one. Um, but I have a question for you because the image that I recall is a black and white. Yes. Did it run in black and white? And there's the question is 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 twofold because uh, well, it, what's your recollection? Do you recall or is it just? I, I mean, he was a he was a very dark skinned African American African man, and. Um, uh, did it just, I mean, was it just lacking other color? So it kind of looked like a black and white. I don't know. Let's, um, I have a computer in front of me. Do, 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 do. Well, uh, I'll, I, so. I, I'm pretty sure that it was one of those pictures that, um, it just read faster in black and white, but right. I don't know that we ran it in black and white because it ran, it ran on the either the front or it, the front of the local. I know it ran on the front page, and it and it and the secondary picture was a picture that I would have been like super happy with. Also, of um, the kids in the the to explain to people where this is, Arsenal Courts. They don't call it Arsenal Courts anymore. What do they call it? Um, no. Meadowbrook Lane or something. I don't know. But it's an it's an old housing project, um, post-war housing project uh, on the west end of Rock Island. And um, it's now privately run. Um, but it is, over the years, it has become um, kind of home to uh, where a lot of the people that Donald Trump wants to keep out of the country um, – uh, <laughs> Are, are are people coming from war-torn African nations who don't want to die in a war-torn African nation come to America for a better life? And right. um, and it was these the, the, so there are a lot of these kids in this in this uh, housing complex, and they were and they were related to or brothers or sisters or something, but they were sitting on this old couch outside the apartment while the dad spoke. And or while we were waiting for the dad, so it was a a photo of these kids kind of just 
looking completely dejected uh, while sitting on this couch in the middle of an apartment complex green space. Um, and I would have been completely happy with that photo had that been the only photo I got from the event. I know that ran in color because the color that comes to mind uh, instantly of that picture was that there was somebody was wearing green in it. Um, but I don't know. Where is this picture? I'm scrolling through my portfolio online at toddmeisner.com. Um, hey, have you ever found one of your well, photos while I'm scrolling? Have you ever found one of your photos on Pinterest? Yeah, uh, weirdly enough. That was very weird because I was looking for something else and I found it's not like a, I, I was I was looking for an idea of, I don't know, portraits. No, no, it was the night I was away. It was the night I found I couldn't sleep, but I found the the person who reviewed our posted our podcast someplace else. Uh, see oh, our cool. Facebook page for that article. Um, and uh, I Googled myself and I think on like the fourth page of myself. Uh, things you're trying to bore yourself to sleep. Um, I found that a portrait I had taken of my nephew when he won uh, Swimmer of the Year uh, is this person's top ten swimming portraits. Nice. Um, his he was from Burundi, Burundi refugee. I am not going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, the father of drowning victim Michael, impossibly. Uh, to uh, pronounce last name, Levin of Rock Island said Tuesday through an interpreter that it was the, out of character for his son to leave home without permission. He said he doesn't understand how the boy ended up at the riverfront without an adult um, knowing where he was. So that's yeah. unfortunate. And for people who aren't familiar with this area of the Midwest, the Mississippi is uh I, there can be a safe place and literally three feet away be a very dangerous place. And usually we lose, I don't know what, three or four people a year to yeah, drowning. Probably. Some sort of, and you know, people, and I, I'm sure this young kid, it was a hot day. He was probably thinking splash in the water, have some fun. And, uh, man, just, I don't know. It was, it was there's terrible. A, there's but a, the reason. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there's a small beach where he was and an overlook yeah. And right, it's, but it's perfectly not, within not the swimmer. reason for, to, for you, you to think that you could have waded into the water right there and been safe. And, you know, he's not from here um, uh, and he was a kid. So it's it happens. That's it's an yeah. unfortunate um, it's not like he was the two the two guys that were in the middle of the winter in the canoe and yeah. the folding chairs yeah. and the. uh the, the cooler of beer in the middle of the rock river and somehow they didn't survive. And I don't understand how that happened. Um, a canoe, two folding chairs and a case of beer yeah. is just a like recipe January. for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but the reason, uh, I bring this all up is I had, uh, a wedding, uh, two Saturdays ago. I don't know. Things are getting blurry. Um, and usually I, you, you know, you sit at a table and, um, I don't know, and people talk to you and, and like nine times out of 10, it's kind of a, a pretty surface conversation. Like you're not, you know, they, they don't understand the work. They don't understand, you know, stuff. I'll just say, you know, so your camera takes good pictures. 
Yeah, your camera takes real nice pictures. Um, how much does that lens cost? Um, yeah, so the uh, but the person that we were sitting with, I, I got into this great conversation with him. I hated to leave because he was he's so interesting and. You know, he, we got to talking about black and white photos in photojournalism, and he's and he was saying, you know, I, it's something that I wish newspapers would do more of because I really miss the stark truth of a black and white photo. And we got on this topic of uh, uh, this gentleman is, you know, I was telling him, you know, and I, to, and to be honest with you, I. That night, I would have bet a hundred dollars it ran in black and white, but then I started questioning myself. Um, but I, you know, you know, and I think he really has a point when you, uh, start. So it's, we got into this great discussion about black and white photos and, and does it, you know, does it still belong in photography and photojournalism? And, uh, and I, you know, and I know like in wedding photography and stuff like that, usually when I use a black and white photo, it's because the, the color mix is bad. It's ambient, it's fluorescent and, <laughs> And it's a pretty easy, cheesy way out of like some really crappy lighting situations. But, um, but you know, it, it was just it, it was just a great conversation. And I always thought that you know, and I think he has such a point because, you know, you look at some of this iconic photography, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm not an anti-color guy. I love color photography, but I think he really had a point. There's something. You know, there's something about a, you know, the, the kind of the simple truth of black and white. I guess is my uh, my point. But well, I would anyway. I would agree. I would agree. And you know, I'm trying to rack my head about that picture. And I think that there were times where we did run black and white photos when we would make them. We would uh, convert them. We would tone them as black and white. But we wouldn't convert them to grayscale. We would, right. we would, we they would be, they'd end up being uh, a color quote quote unquote color black and white. So there were four separations for that picture, and so that ended up making it look black and white. I'm not sure we didn't do that because I think okay. that that might have had more gravitas that way. Yeah. Um, and we might have we might have done it that way. Um, I don't remember. I do remember um, realizing fairly quickly that the picture worked faster. Um, um, his eyes, uh, his sadness, um, seemed to work better. And I and I think that the idea of of there are some pictures that have more impact in black and white because you've you've stripped away the extraneous color that isn't adding anything to the narrative um right. i'm looking at the picture right now that i took of the young man with the red mohawk um oh and uh, uh, filing his the nails while the, in the yeah. yeah and the junior rotc are uh marching behind him by the way toddmeisner.com you can find this picture is in the <laughs> photojournalism gallery um the uh that picture does not work in black and white um, sure. because there is a, another f uh, shade of red behind him. So his red mohawk would have blended into that. It wouldn't have jumped. And then the, the stripes on the red and yellow Rocky um, Rock Island high school cafeteria floor lead you straight to him. 
So as a compositional point, the color helps. And then the blue, very officially looking uniforms. And then you can see the red and yellow, uh, um, uh, uh, like what do they call them? Uh, stripes or wards or whatever that the kids have on their uniforms. Um, yeah. I'd have to say I, that of pictures that I have made in an improv way, the idea of I showed up to do a story about to take a picture about this ROTC program in the high school. And I, to get to the ROTC program, you had to walk through the cafeteria. And so I walk through the cafeteria and I see this kid sitting there with this gigantic Mohawk. And I'm like, holy crap, that kid would make a good picture. Um, and, but I'm late or something and I'm rush off to the class. And then they say, well, like, what do you guys do? And I'm like, well, today's marching day and we march around the school. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, that's kind of cool. You get these very contrastive kids in the hallway as they march, blah, blah, blah. And then I realize he's, they're going through the, they're going to go cut back through the cafeteria. So I ran, skidded to a, literally skidded to a stop, focused approximately. It, I knew that the depth of field was going to be important because the story was about that, the ROTC people. And the, so the focus on this picture is, is like the tips of his Mohawk is where it's tack but it's still sharp enough that you can, you know, see his, t his, he's wearing one of those clown posse t-shirts or whatever it is. Yeah. And then, uh, it's shot at a shutter speed. That's just slow enough that they, um, are, are slightly blurred as they march. And, um, but it was, it was the kind of picture you tell a story to a young photographer and the idea of put things in your memory bank. Cause they may, like, oh, this may make a good photo later. Well, this guy ended up making a good photo 10 minutes later. Um, so anyway, it was a good, I try a dinger. So you had an interesting conversation of, about a socially and artistic relevant topic at a wedding while you were working. How many other times has that ever happened? Um, not many. <laughs> well, and I, you know, cause usually I, you know, I'm with these people for the meal, um, you know, and, um, so, you know, it usually goes, Oh, that's a nice camera or how long you've been doing this. And aren't you glad you're not shooting film? And, um, so it's a pretty, you know, pretty shallow end of the pool conversation. And, um, and usually at some point I have to hop up and go back to doing my job. Um, so there's not, you know, um, there's, you know, it's just not a lot of talk and, and usually it happens while I'm like woofing food down to, you know, <laughs> to get something to eat. So I can be ready for the next thing. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, but once in a blue moon, I, I sat with a guy one time who he was from Wisconsin and uh, he was in the newspaper business. So he had a lot to talk about, uh, you know, not much of a good, but, um, you know, but it was it was an interesting and he was he was in uh, management. So it was kind of fun to talk to him a little bit about, you know, that end of the, the ballpark. And uh, when he found out I used to work for a paper and he was familiar with our, our publication he, uh, you know, it's, it, I don't know. It was like, Hey, Hey man, Hey, you know, we were instant pals, but, 
Um, yeah, but usually it's, you know, pretty, my sister has a good camera. So. <laughs> my sister's pretty. Do you want to photograph her? <laughs> She's got <laughs> all her teeth. Yeah. So it's not always, uh, you know, not always fun, but this, this guy was great. And, uh, you know, it's, he understood all an awful lot about, uh, I don't know what I would say is the, the photojournalistic approach to things and, you know, being a fly on the wall and, and all that stuff. But anyway. Yeah. That's, um, I, 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 there are times where it just strengthens the impact. Um, and I, and it's like, it's a case by case basis. I don't think every picture works in black and white, but it's certainly, um, you know, color for color sake is, is kind of, yeesh. I mean, you wouldn't do Mark Hirsch's book in black and white. No, uh, no, but you know, I, I mean, maybe yeah, I no, would, I, and then it would fail, but <laughs> black and white pictures and things that should be in color. Um, no, but it was, uh, it was a real interesting and it kind of got my brain thinking about, uh, I mean, when, cause the times, the New York times always used to publish in black and white They're they didn't move to color photos for a really long time. Right. I believe, I, I believe that, that's right? true. Was it the times or somebody else? Hey, um, speaking of the New York times and the dispatch and the rock Island Argus, you as also a former reporter, I am going to let you in on a big secret. And I don't know that I'll have this cut before it is official, but we are no longer going to be using courtesy titles. What? Oh, wow. That's awesome. You retired too soon. I my feel, friend. yeah, I feel uh, a weird weight lifting off my shoulder. Oh, what a pain in the butt. And for anybody wow. listening, uh, who doesn't know what a courtesy title is, we would have to retur- refer to people in the second reference as Mr. Welvert or Mr. Meisner or, and where as a photographer, uh, especially because you would photograph somebody and then realize you didn't, there was no obvious way to ask them what their marital status was. So you ended well, up making a lot of women Ms. And occasionally you would get people like my mother. If I had, if someone had called my mother, Ms. Meisner, she she would have found them and killed them. It was the, uh, it was so embarrassing to ask, you know, do you prefer Miss or do you prefer Ms. And, and because half the, People these days, I would probably say anybody younger than 50 probably don't understand what the difference is even. Um, or you would, you know, you'd be doing a story about, I don't know, equal rights or something like that. The yeah. person would become amazingly upset because you asked them. Um, yeah, it was such a, uh, such a terrible thing. And I, and I can, and it, you know, it's such a weird 19 holdover 1940s 1930s 1920s thing that uh well that's awesome that uh congratulations yeah it's it's uh that our new editor matt made that made that call laura asked and he said yeah let's 
let's not do that anymore. So we're not going to do that anymore. And the collective newsroom sigh was pretty palpable. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and what, what made it even dumber was, so AP doesn't use courtesy titles. Nope. So your story would run alongside an AP story with courtesy titles, which made it look stupid. Sports didn't use courtesy titles. Nope. Uh, features, didn't say, features didn't use features them. Features didn't use them. Features didn't use them. So the only people who used them were, were us and uh, just looked hopelessly dated. out of date. Oh, jeez. Yep. Wow. Well, that'll be that'll be interesting. I wonder. I wonder if I'll like even be able to pick up on it though, because that's one thing I got really good at is kind of mentally tuning that out when I read copy and stuff. The funny thing is that I said, you know, we we should be careful if we're going to start this on a particular date, like we're going to start doing it this Sunday or whatever. We ought not to tell everybody like on a Wednesday because then everybody on a Wednesday, everybody will just stop using them. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, 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 it's, and so I made the suggestion not to like make it like super official and tell everyone, um, that we were going to stop doing it. And then the first assignment I had afterwards, I didn't use them. (laughs) So, I, I'm telling you, you, you told me I didn't have to do it anymore. And of course I jumped deep right into the deep end of the pool. And I realized I was like, I'm not going to go rewrite these cut lines. Nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, it was like a 11 picture gallery from an event. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not rewriting these cut lines and saying Ms. or Mr. or whatever it's, but sometimes it gets the second reference is tricky when you're dealing with, um, and, th- and here's the deal. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a young photographer, I'm going to be extremely blunt. Learn how to write an effing cut line. Please look at your AP style book. Look at cut lines and papers. Go, go on to the Getty site and look at cut lines. Go on to AP's feed and look at cut lines. Learn how to write a complete sentence with a subject, a verb, the proper use of co- some conjunctions. I mean, understand where the comma should be and not be. I, I just, <laughs> ah, you know. <laughs> Learn AP style how to date your photo. It's not on Wednesday. It's Wednesday, comma, March 31st, comma, 2000, whatever, comma, in Moline. Boom. You're done. Walk away. I've just reviewed 70 portfolios. So No, actually 80 portfolios. I am acutely aware of of uh, photographers that don't take cut lines seriously because if you don't take cut lines seriously in your portfolio, you are sure as hell not going to take them seriously in your daily day job. So learn how to write a cut line, and uh, well, and, and that's and that's just you know come on. I mean, yeah. everybody went to sophomore English. I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I I don't care if you got it. If you could get a C 
a C in high school English, you can write a cut line. Yeah. But you have to stop, take a deep breath, and not try to jam every fact you have in your notebook in the first sentence. Yeah. You have to, I mean, and here's, you have to understand what the story is about. And and don't get into, you know, what color the car was, if the color of the car wasn't important. And um, and the thing that, you know, the current state of newspaper and newspapering, um, you know, because it's I can remember when I would write and be like, ah, the editor will get it. And uh, that's just not reality anymore. Um, so, you know, you got to take time, reread it, read it out loud, which is a a huge pain in the butt to everybody around you. But, uh, it's a great way to catch, uh, mistakes. Um, someone once told me you can have, you can go to Google and like copy and paste it and have it read, have like the Google voice read it to you. And I thought that was kind of a brilliant, you know, way to catch things. You think, you think, you think reading your own cut line out loud, having a, and having the Google voice talk it back to you in the office, that's not annoying to your coworkers at all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, But you know, reading it out loud and you know, and, and you said something to me a long time ago and it is absolutely the God's honest truth. If you don't read you can't write. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not reading the newspaper or reading books or reading magazines and all you do is you read text messages and Twitter, the the idea that you that you have to read and and that's 100% true. It's 100% yeah. true. Gospel according yeah. to Todd Welvert. There you go my uh my input so off the topic though i gotta tell you a funny story so so we got a new van i think uh i may have told you about that i don't know i can't remember new swagger Uh, wagon new swagger wagon and uh well and it's i shopped for an suv for a really long time and then i just i couldn't find what i needed the right kind of I don't know, size, space, room, towing capacity, blah, blah, blah. Bulletproof. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so it's a, anyway, I ended up for another minivan and um, it's fine. It's, you know, I'm, I'm still in the process. You know how you, you forget how like ingrained your vehicle becomes to your work, like, you know, in your process, like where things are and, like where stands fit and we've, we've talked about this a little bit in the yeah. past, but yeah, well, I'm so still I'm stuck. Kinda... I'm still stuck on the fact that you sold it to me as it's fine. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's pretty hard to get excited about a minivan. <laughs> um, but my video, so it's, it's 2017. So I finally have a car with Bluetooth in it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it will read your text messages. This is probably not news to, 99% of the people listening to this podcast, but, um, so it's a computerized voice. It's very pleasant. Um, but when someone sends me a text messages, that's like, LOL, 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 it will try to sound it out. <laughs> and it is the funniest, like tears rolling down my eyes as I'm driving down the road, like, 
pants wetting hilarity to me to have my car or like when someone does the ha 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 thing, it tries to sound it out and like, okay. So like the, the occasional uppercase H gets thrown in and so it'll like change the inflection. And it is, it is literally raucous amount of good times for me to sit in my car and listen to text messages over and over again. So yeah. Is this reason why your car tells me that you're driving? Your phone tells me, my phone tells me you're driving. No, that was an iPhone. That's an iPhone setting. Um, I can't believe you don't have it on mister. And, uh, I, to be honest with you, I did not know it sent messages to people when I was driving. Cause I'd be, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to hit the road. Just send me a text to, you know, send me the address or whatever. And, uh, and then I'd be like, ah, they never sent me the address. And I'd look and I'd be like, oh crap. Apparently I sent a text message and it's kind of a curt little message. It's like, I'm driving, leave me alone. Yeah. It does tell you to F off. I mean, it basically, a, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I should change that. Yeah. He doesn't want to communicate with the outside world. And I, and it, trust me, I totally get it. I, 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 Every journalist will know on a busy day when you are at your most frantic trying to get something done or get from point A to point B, your phone goes ding, 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 ding. And you're like, if one more person texts me, I am going to drive this car into the river. Uh, a little a little look into my psychological closet here, but um, my wife's family are big into group texts. And it's from, I'm not kidding you. It's like literally, it might be what finally ends my marriage because I just, I, I don't mind the text, but then it's like, oh, hey, did you have the banana bread recipe? Oh, no, I think Rick's got the banana recipe. Oh, the what banana, you know what makes a good bread? Nutmeg. And it's, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like irrationally angry. And my, my wife is always like, well, you can hit the don't, don't be notified or whatever. And I'm like, why do that? Why am I included in these circles? You know, and literally 15, 60 messages. It's just, it, it just makes me irrationally crazy. Not a fan of the group text. No, it, it can get, you know, I mean, if everybody's telling you a great job, that's one thing, but nutmeg. Oh yeah. Well, I'm out. It's, when it's all and about believe me, and then like like two or three different conversations can be going on at the same time and it's just, i mean it really it's like oh you know this isn't an internet bulletin board from like 86 we can you can have your own conversations without me in it so yeah i just i don't know well on that i don't know all right man yeah. i'm todd meisner and i'm todd Walton. And we've been talking pictures and nutmeg. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> See you later, folks. Bye. The Talking Pictures podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert, Meg McLaughlin, and Gary Crambeck, with a special thanks to Laura Frames and Laura Anderson Shaw. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog at talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. Make sure you never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Talking Pictures Podcast on iTunes or Podbean.